0: Hello? Hey hey what's up man not much welcome to the podcast
1: i'm happy to be here this is the first time i've Great. ever done this
0: yeah you know that's my second episode for my
1: first guest just happy to have someone on board well, i'm glad to be the uh the first so all future failures can be measured against me just uh, why don't you introduce yourself for the audience um, well, my name is Kai Edward Warmuth and uh, I guess I'm on this or connected to you in any sense, because uh, we're both writers, and um, we both probably find ourselves in a uh, strange place wider literary or writing community. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I live in Indiana, um, I write not often enough, I work in a library, um, and, yeah, that's, uh, unfortunately, I, I really don't sound that interesting now that I say it out loud.
0: That's, that's all right, it's pretty interesting, though, all the same, you know? Being connected in this moment,
1: being here on this podcast,
0: there's something to say about that. Absolutely,
1: absolutely. No, it's uh, it's quite cool, and I've developed quite a um, kinship, I guess, towards yourself and a lot of the other writers we kind of find ourselves surrounded with. Just because, like I said, we all find ourselves in this very uh, strange moment. I think of yeah, um, you know, I don't want to fall back on the hi it worked. Can you hear me? It's working right now. You can hear me. Yeah, I was gonna say, you're kind of cutting out a little bit. Kick it out
0: again. I'm sweeping a parking lot right now.
1: Why are you in a parking lot? What are you doing in a parking lot? Hello? Oh. Shit. Can you hear me, buddy?
0: Come on. I can
1: hear you. I don't know if you can hear me. Hi. Are you at the are you at the other part of the I'm at another part?
0: parking lot you sound
1: better good well, i was that's the sound of you sweeping because i was wondering what that was yes wow that's awesome
0: yeah you like that it's and i think it, it, it
1: adds a a nice atmosphere to uh, yeah. what's going on very yeah. class.
0: well that's me what about this what is that it's me hitting against a, a beam of metal
1: Okay, yeah, I I, uh, I saw Stomp live once when I was a kid, so I get
0: it. Uh, this is very Stomp. This podcast is very Stomp-oriented. That's
1: that's, that's kind of what I heard. Uh, somebody described it as Joe Rogan meets Stomp.
0: Yep. It's kind of the the vein I'm trying to tap into.
1: It's an untapped market, my friend.
0: Yep. Um, you know, you got to be creative uh, when there's so many podcasts out in the market.
1: You do. And I get like super bummed when I see people that are making 50k for just like telling dick jokes like that is my dream job.
0: Well, we're on the way. We're in route right now.
1: That's true. That's true. And I lost you again, I think. Oh, maybe not. Wherever you live has the worst cell phone reception. we lost you. No, I'm I'm here. Okay. All right, guy. wasn't
0: I wasn't prepared to do another restart.
1: <laughs> I was gonna say I live in the middle of the country and I somehow have better internet connection than you do right now.
0: I live in the desert.
1: Oh, okay. Well, I guess that makes sense then. Yeah,
0: I got to sweep the desert for my day job.
1: Got to get all the sand out of there. Yeah, sand and rocks, metal.
0: Lizards.
1: Lizards. (laughs) Intruders. Do you guys have, like, a shitload of lizards just running around? I mean, I've not really been to the desert many times, but, like, that entire concept terrifies me because I'm not really a fan of any animal that's not a cat or a dog. Like, they're fine to look at, but I don't want to be near them
0: not in the civilized areas you know well,
1: but sure in you... the
0: national parks
1: and things like that we do are when you say the civilized areas do you mean that most of the lizards there are wearing like human masks that that i myself actually happen to be one nice so Everybody in this area
0: who chooses to live here is actually a lizard.
1: Okay, so it's like an ethnostate.
0: Yeah, we just end up... Most of the time, you know, we'll cut each other's heads off with a sword, though.
1: Well, I mean, you gotta do what you gotta do.
0: It just doesn't always end very well for us.
1: That's that's romanticism for you, my friend.
0: (laughs) All right, so let's start over and maybe... You want, to, you want to give me another introduction to yourself?
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, my name is Kai Edward Warmuth. Uh I'm a writer from Indiana. Uh, mostly a lot of poetry, um, but I have dabbled in uh, short fiction a bit. Um, one of my fiction pieces, Middle Post Part 2, won a Terror House Award for Best Piece of the Month. Got a sweet $10 that I used to pay part of my electric bill. Ah. Um, and I'm very, very, very slowly working on a novella that will hopefully be done by the time uh, AOC is sworn in as president in 2020. Okay. Okay. But
0: I have to ask, you know, right from the get go, saying that you have a novella in process, what kind of advance were you offered on it?
1: Um, You know, I, I'm all about uh, integrity, so despite the fact that Harper Collins was literally kicking down my door trying to give me a million dollars, I felt that that kind of money would ruin my working class um, interpretation of life events, so yeah. I, I put the hand out to them and I said, no, I, I will not take your blood money.
0: Dang, that is integrity.
1: Yeah, you know, writers gotta have principles.
0: Yeah, you're just trying to probably find a seat at, in the future United States of AOC, I guess, because I don't think she's going to really take too fondly of people making that much money off book deals.
1: Clearly not. Clearly not. I mean, she's giving away every penny she has to working. You have possible. to. You have to. Right. You know, If you want to rise
0: in the socialist scene, you're not allowed to make money not on book all. deals like that.
1: Like, look at and... Trap House. Those guys have no money.
0: They don't. Well, I mean, unless they're funded by uh, Soros or a Rothschild affiliate. Or one of your lizard friends. Yep. I, I haven't made a donation yet, but I don't listen to as much Trap House as some people just because I don't really want their style to influence my style here on
1: this podcast. Right. You got you to gotta be a purist.
0: Yeah, that's why I don't also listen to Joe Rogan, so I'm really not too concerned with him moving to Spotify. I just keep it clean, only listen to the people I interview. You're the first one so far,
1: so it's only me.
0: I've, this is the only podcast I've really ever listened to, and it's just because for a change, you know, since my first episode, there's somebody else actually talking right, besides right. me, just kind of groaning and mumbling Streaming and stuff. Into the board. Yeah. So this is different, you know. I, I'm, I'm a little bit shell shocked, and you know, just trying to keep sweeping the parking lot and get my work done. While here, trying to figure out what the, you know, concept of your novella is going to be.
1: Uh the concept. Yeah. Um, conceptually, it's about a, uh, fucking nobody, working class loser who is kind of despondently wasting his days on the internet and going to a job he hates. And he ends up getting um, approached online by a undercover FBI or some sort of intelligence agency person who is basically trying to push him to commit an act of domestic terrorism so this guy can meet his quota and get an arrest, blah, blah, blah. And the main character... Very clearly sees through the ruse and sees that it is an FBI agent, but okay. he kind of looks at the idea of prison as it's, been expressed to, as it's been expressed to him by one of his coworkers, and thinks, you know, I get a bed to sleep on, I get three spare meals a day, and I don't have to go to fucking work anymore. And he just kind of allows himself to be walked into this situation out of hopelessness.
0: Have you considered that this current moment between you and, and me the... is maybe that situation? Have you thought Very maybe that me? I'm, yeah, the, I'm the working class probably... guy, and you might be the agent. And I'm thinking oh, right now to myself
1: okay, okay. that prison
0: could be a better situation than what I'm currently, so currently doing. Lot. Yeah. I mean, how does that? you know so that sounds pretty interesting i can i can understand and relate to that concept
1: well if, How, if you think it's really interesting then i can have somebody meet you in that parking lot and sell you an ak and then you know you can uh, you can take care of some problems
0: so what do you think about all the stuff going on right now with these publications trying to blacklist all these other publications like terror house and misery tourism and apparently the rattler or whatever
1: yeah that yeah. one i'm I'm not familiar with uh rattle so i need to look into that one um yeah because, well let see that I, I guess that's the point right there is that um it seems to me that the attempt at censorship always makes something more interesting okay I, always been when i hear that a book or a publication or a film or a whatever it may be is being taken out of people's hands or being banned or something like that my first thought is always oh i want to see that or i want to read that right because i want to yeah. know a what the whole fucking fuss is about but also too uh, a lot of times i tend i mean shit a lot of my favorite authors have been ones that have kind of fallen under that um that boot that's coming down on them so i i I think it'll backfire on them um not within their circles obviously those people have already been convinced and don't need any more convincing you know the people that subscribe to the new york times and believe in that shit aren't going to read terror house aren't going to read misery tourism aren't going to read expat that's not you know that's something they've already been pre-programmed to disagree with but it's like by putting those names out there to cancel them or whatever, there's going to be more people like you or I who are going to be like, oh, shit, these seem like people that i might get along with or that at least share my ideals on what literature can be.
0: Yeah, no, totally. Do you think that uh, their circle of influence is big enough to drown our circle of influence out?
1: Um, in some ways, yeah. I mean, they obviously have... The financial backing and um and again i i I hate that it gets obfuscated that this is a ruling class institution coming down on regular people's expression of art like that is exactly how it needs to be presented every time i don't give a fuck if some of the people that are involved with terror house or any of these publications are whatever bad ist you can be this week, racist, sexist, whatever. I don't give a fuck. I don't need to agree with somebody to enjoy their work, and to think that that has to be a part of it is so asinine that if you believe that, you should just not... I mean, I hate to tell people not to read, but it's like, that's, that's exactly what you should do. If, if that's how you approach literature, then just don't fucking read it and leave it to the adults.
0: Yeah. Do you think that we stand a risk of being de-platformed in the same sense that Alex Jones and some of these other far-right figures, not saying that we ourselves are far-right figures, though that would be the impression they would like you to believe. Do you right. think that there's some risk that we could be totally de and completely forgotten about?
1: Absolutely. I think, I think that risk does exist. But I think in my quest to be an eternal optimist, I – Think that that can be a good thing in the sense that it adds a sense of urgency to your writing. To know that what you're putting out could be thrown away because it has or has um, guilt by association to quote unquote bad thoughts or whatever you want to call it. I think that it it adds urgency and it makes the writing that much better. You know, I. So
0: you think you think then that the risk of being deplatformed. And thrown away and forgotten about, adds a sense of urgency to your writing that makes it come out with more strength
1: yeah, I do, and i i don 't think those things are good, but like I said, in my quest to be an optimist i 'm going to use it to my advantage okay.
0: What would you do if you were to be suddenly picked up by some major publisher would you would you uh would you accept that knowing that you would be influenced? I mean, we kind of talked about this a little bit before by maybe trying to fit a certain mold or sell a bunch of copies, or would you stick to the sort of independent route so that you can keep on writing exactly what you want to write?
1: Um, I think that there's a middle ground there between, you know, if they're offering the money, I'll take it. But at the same time, you know, even in my musical career, when that was something I was still taking part of, um, I'm not going to compromise what I want to do, and if that means that they say, "Okay, well, fuck you," we're taking this away and we're dropping you, then so be it. It's like there's no such thing as bad publicity.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. Um, what are some of the other kind of like those publications mentioned in that sort of scrawl? Right, are those? Are those some of the publications that you connect most, like, intimately with then because they're kind of allowed to go in that direction?
1: Uh, That's one of the huge reasons, but also, um, and related to that, those publications gave me a chance. They published my work, you know, The, the first thing I had published in my adult life was by a terror house and then after that expat and then misery tourism shortly after that and uh new pop lit as well and <laughs> i love all those you've people. got the whole you've got the full house oh no i truly did when i was when i was initially reading those posts and saw all the publications they tagged i was like holy shit this is literally my discography in a sense <laughs>
0: <laughs> they're
1: coming for you uh yeah
0: they're well, coming for you they're, your name's going to be individually mentioned
1: I, I kind of would be a little flattered if that happens. And it's like, you know, I don't yeah. worry. I, uh, like I said, I live out in the country. Um, I have a super close family and friend circle. I'm in a wonderful relationship. And I own a shitload of firearms. So it's like, I do what you want. I don't give a fuck.
0: What are some of your favorite
1: firearms? Um, well, on my table right now, getting ready to be cleaned is an AK. And I okay. am under the impression that is like one of the most beautiful pieces of technology ever made. Um, I remember when my father was teaching me all about it, how to use it. I was probably uh, 13, 12, 13 years old when he was first like introducing me to it. And he told me, <laughs> he said, "This is one of the greatest guns in the world. If it's good enough for a nine-year-old to use in a fight in West Africa, then it's good enough for you."
0: Hell yeah. That's, you know, that's <laughs> that's something you can take to heart.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I, I remember hearing my uh, my older brother uh, served in Iraq and Afghanistan, and he yeah. said that it was like really common for U.S. troops to drop their M16s and pick up an AK-47 from a dead Mujahideen if you could, because it's, really? just, it's a bigger bullet, but also it's just it's a better functioning gun. You know, you can, yeah. you can drop an AK in the water, run it over with a truck and then pick it up 3 days later and you know, it might not fire straight, but it's still going to fire.
0: Yeah. So, how many Or is that too is that too revealing like for your defense Sorry, strategy? I, you cut out
1: you cut out. What did you ask? All I heard was how many. Firearms do you have in
0: your arsenal?
1: Oh. Um, yeah, a, a a decent amount. Enough Really, I have enough ammo, I guess, at this point, that if they wanted to Waco me, I could probably last a decently long time.
0: Okay. What do you think uh, about the uh, the Trump presidency?
1: Um, I appreciate him for being a useful idiot. I think he, you know, he's, in my opinion, he's the same as every president that came before him. He just says the quiet part out loud.
0: Okay, yeah. Well, he's a little... More using Twitter.
1: Oh yeah, I mean that—that's definitely a huge difference. But at the same time, that's I think more of a time period thing. Yeah. Um, Twitter's just become more ubiquitous since the previous president. I mean, obviously Obama had access to it, but um, Obama wasn't the type to pull his phone out and
0: post like that instant when something comes to his head
1: right right exactly and it's like yeah you can fault trump all you want for that but again i like the i like the mask off part of it. do that. you
0: find like a certain connection to him like in that sense that he's doing that because that's something sort of similar to like what a lot of art what we're doing just pulling our f- out oh, absolutely
1: lasting it Absolutely. I mean, he's a troll yeah. in the highest sense of the word. And I, as somebody who, you know, grew up on the internet, I can appreciate trolling. Yeah. I have this thing about me where if I see somebody expose like a petty weakness like that, I'm driven by the desire to antagonize and to poke. Yeah. It's an awful trait, but I can't help it.
0: Yeah, I mean, do you ever find yourself just like reading one of his things and just laughing, even though it's like... Like kind of a horrible thing that he's implying or pushing. Oh my god, all
1: all the time, all the time. And I I still think his um his debate performances in 2015 and 2016 are like up there with Dave Chappelle and stand up.
0: When he was like standing up there, like behind Hillary Clinton, just like standing there, or like that time that time when he and like Ben Carson got like stuck in the doorway trying to enter the debate stage and like Jeb Bush came over and like slapped him on the shoulder or something like
1: it was just beautiful
0: it's one of the funniest things like that
1: we're ever gonna
0: see and
1: that and the whole he and him inviting Bill Clinton sexual accusers oh to God, the debate dude. every day <laughs> was like, just alpha as fuck. I, I couldn't not love that. Okay, you know? hold on
0: just a second. It's going to get maybe a yeah, little loud, but I'm going to keep it on okay. because I got to get something to drink.
1: I got you, brother. Sweet.
0: Okay. So... Yeah, it's, are you going to, like, are you going to be, I don't know how to ask, I don't know what exactly the question I'm trying to ask here right now is, but like, (laughs) from one phase to the next, you know, going from Trump to uh, Joe Biden, seems like it's just going to be one comedic, like, mode to another, like, in total. You know, Goofy doesn't know what he's saying
1: to. From oh, right. well, and that's and that's not even uh, considering the act of handing off the presidency in the first place if Trump loses. Yeah,
0: exactly. Do you think like there?
1: That, that's gonna be a, that's gonna be a shit show, unlike anything we've ever seen. And I'm so excited for it because it's gonna be a beautiful breakdown of decorum. Yeah, you think it's gonna be. I know. I mean, that's
0: the thing is, it is so entertaining. Like I will be sad. I'm not going to lie. I will be sad if it suddenly all ends and everything goes back to like a total blase day to day sort of thing. I mean, I feel like we're riding like hundred miles an hour day after day, just like going from Corona to the protests, to like the military on the streets all of a sudden well, like now he's not going to want to give up the seat and now like what's going to
1: happen like are they going to stay here I th- or what you know i think what people aren't considering too or it seems like a lot of people think that if biden were to win in november that trump just disappears and is gone from the public conversation oh and it's yeah. like no what you're going to have then is you're going to have trump go back to insurgent trump it's going to be 2015 debates trump and it's going to be trump basically ragging on every single thing biden does in his presidency and he's going to be doing it to an audience that's probably larger than biden has as the president
0: to what end just to like kind of his legacy and like keep this sort of
1: chaotic you know what's the what's the end of any sort of trolling like what's the point of any of it yeah you know it's it, it's pure anarchy it's it's poking the bear repeatedly until the bear gets really pissed off yeah like i mean
0: he's just like i guess an entertainer just sort of through and through i mean this is just one phase absolutely long sort of thing he's been doing that he could put up on his imdb or whatever and i mean man, <laughs> yeah yeah like, nobody talks about him
1: like, I mean, everybody
0: talks about him. Like Nobody talks about anybody more than they talk about him, you know? like Right, and
1: it, it will be like that until the day he dies. I mean, that's
0: wild. I mean, you've got to call
1: that some sort of a success. Like, it could have absolutely. been a total
0: dopey, like, idiotic span of nothing getting done and everybody, like, like, just kind of not listening to him and he's just there being made fun of and he gets impeached. But, like, somehow he has, like managed to make this whole thing like the Donald Trump show and like I think... it's the greatest show that has like ever
1: aired oh for sure what I'm curious about though is like look at George Bush he has been yeah. rehabilitated by mainstream liberals you know you yeah. it's not unusual to see people people who are self-proclaimed leftists or you know liberals whatever say they miss the decorum of the Trump presidency and it's like Did we forget that Trump started, you know, multiple disastrous wars that have led to the deaths of over... You're talking about
0: Bush. You're you're about Bush, right? Not Trump.
1: Yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry. Have we forgotten that George Bush led, you know, his his foreign policy decisions led to a lot of the mess we're in today. But, you know, they're willing to say like, oh, I'd rather have him than Trump. Like, that's fucking insane.
0: I feel like there's just like this group of people who just feel like it's like their civic duty to go out and vote. And they're just going to, like, put the name on that their governor, whoever says to vote for. Absolutely. And it really doesn't – like, they really – that's why, like, Bernie Sanders got just drowned out totally and everything like that is because, like, they're just going to – it's a duty and they're going to go out and vote and they're going to do it in a more mass, like, than anybody who's just supporting this movement, like, from a political sort of activism is going to do. And so, like, those same people are just, like – now lamenting over george bush because they don't really think this hard about these sorts of things but like everybody i sort of listen to or whatever talk to like yeah i mean everybody nobody's really forgiving george bush i mean it's not like
1: we're the ellens
0: of the world or whatever like at uh, some sports event or whatever chatting all together at some white house correspondence dinner
1: right right you know
0: Those people are all just got to play their parts and got to keep going, I guess. I don't know. It's just... It's funny. It's just funny how it's all sort of, like, trickled its way down into even, like, our, you know, literary scene. Like, the divisions going on here now with the... uh, Whatever you want to call it. People trying to cancel things and people kind of talking from like this I don't know I wouldn't call it so much of a right perspective or a bigoted perspective or anything
1: like that Right. So much as it's just kind of like a I don't know like Well and that's why I think the the old breakdown of right versus left is like proving itself how stupid and useless it is these days. Yeah. Because you can't no. you can't look at all the people that are associated with these publications all of us and really yeah. pin it down into any sort of stupid-ass binary category.
0: Yeah, no, totally. I like, guess the thing is, like,
1: some of these, I think probably,
0: maybe, I don't know anything about the Rattler or whatever. Right. I have no clue where that came from or who they are or what. But, like, as far as, like, Expat, Misery Tourism, I'm pretty sure. I mean, these are all pretty, like kind of almost, like, socialist-seeming anarchist, like, total nihilist. I don't, I don't really know, like, where to put it, but it definitely isn't your Donald Trump, like, fanboy group, It seems like a lot you know? of
1: us kind of all unite on the fact that we are bothered by um, what can be called identity politics, I guess. Yeah. Um, because of- That's the thing, too. Sorry, I I cut you off there. You can go. It just doesn't seem to have any material basis to a lot of us, you know? Yeah. To see these people at these publications who make who actually make a living off of their writing. They don't have to go to fucking jobs they hate like the rest of us to be able to afford to sit down and write for an hour every night to see them tell us that we're oppressing them. is just it's fucking laughable.
0: That kind of goes back to that question I asked, you know, about like, would you take that deal if they offered it to you? You know, a lot of these people, I think maybe not totally just like up front or whatever are taking that kind of deal. You know, they got to trim their appearance. They got to be on the right side. They got to make the right connections. They can't gaff or goof up or whatever, because it's going to taint them and just spoil their whole whatever chances for the rest of their lives you know whereas i don't know like i if i get caught saying something wrong it's just another notch on the list for
1: sure at this right. point it's just like okay well, also you were sm- but i think go ahead what's that no, i said you were smart about it what's and that? That you embraced anonymity you know you didn't use your real name i'm the retard who I just, just rushed yeah. into it with my full name
0: yeah but that also adds like a level of craziness to things because that gets people out there trying to find out who you right. are and trying to dox you and oh i've got this person here's their phone number here's their real name here's their picture like here's their family
1: blah blah, blah you know right it's like okay i sort of wish somebody would post my address online because it's just like all right yeah let's, let's see what happens I don't know. I don't
0: feel like we've fully got like, we're kind of in a little bit of a small sort of niche right. still, as far as this is all concerned. Like, it's not like it it, bre- it breaches out to the whole internet, you know, it all sort of we've gotten just like one circle kind of mixing with another circle, but it's not like it's like going out to the whole world where our notifications are just rolling off the charts and the it's on the news and people are actively pursuing us. Like none of these, literary magazines really kind of go so far as to hunt us down and and stop us they just kind of blackball us and keep it from
1: having a platform or something right and that i think kind of speaks to the fact that censorship has now taken a different form in the sense of like deplatforming. in that like everybody has a microphone but we simply or they simply turn yours down you yeah. Know, so they can say, "Oh, we're not censoring you. You're obviously still allowed to write these things, and the police aren't picking in your door." But it's like, yeah, but if you're yeah. if you're cutting me off from ever getting, forever going further in my art because you disagree with the ideas, then what's the fucking difference?
0: Yeah. No. I mean, that's the case for it's the case for anybody. I mean, it's a level of it's a level of warfare. It's a level of death. Like you know, you take on somebody and you take away their financial means or whatever that's gonna stop them from doing whatever they're doing and that's, to a degree like for certain people i guess that's probably good because you don't want to be sp- these ideas do spread Like absolutely i don't think i i am a believer in that like when you've got these pipelines of you know the alex jones the milos to the proud boys right. to the whatever you know this whole thing will take you on a, on a certain path that maybe you got to kind of look at philosophically and figure out how to, how to nip that, because you can watch, if you look at some of these people's internet histories, how they go down this radicalization, it just happens. I mean, I don't know if it's intentional or not, but there is funding probably behind some of it. But that being said, I don't know if the same thing really applies to, to literature, because uh, for one, literature isn't actively trying to get people to go out and do things, right. you know, like it's, literature's not out there saying these people are actively working against you. It's or, asking for or reflection more than anything.
1: Yeah, like, I think
0: literature's kind of always done that. Uh, it's always, that's literature for not, every, there, there's so many arms of it, it's hard to kind of, you can't say one thing about it entirely, but it takes a
1: reflective stance. I mean, it's- Well, do you, think, do you think that's part of the threat they see in it In that it's not, you know, it, it'd be a lot easier to attack if it was mobilizing young men and saying, pick up a rifle and go out and do this, but it's not doing that. It's instead yeah. saying, you know, think about why you believe this. Think about why this is that way. And in a sense, that's much yeah. more dangerous to them than somebody walking into a Walmart with an ar 15
0: I guess but like one thing i think about this
1: that i don't know if i've been
0: just kind of hearing it or thinking about it or what but like you've got these artistic representations of people that are meant to be seen as the villains or the uh anti-heroes like you've got uh don draper right. the joker um uh walter white right. uh, breaking Bad. And people sort of a 21st century. Uh,
1: see
0: those. Yeah, and they see those, and maybe the creator of the content is trying to show you why this person's not good. Right. But then you're going to get all these people who see how handsome these people are, how enthusiastically uh, you know just connected to life they are, or I don't know, like they're, they're movie stars or something, and then they want to replicate right. it.
1: No, I I think that's that's part of where the fear is, too. But at the same time, you have to go into the question of, like, am I, as a writer, responsible for how people interpret my work? And I would say no.
0: Yeah, but what about, like, yeah, I would say no, too. Like,
1: I I mean, I'm just exploring here and
0: thinking and whatever. But, like, what about, like, you know, like, J.D. Salinger, you know? Like, I know he didn't necessarily write, like, anything saying like go kill people or anything but i think he gets pinned with a lot of these sort of the john lennon assassination and, and whatever right, didn't that guy and, have a copy
1: of catcher in the rye on him or something like that
0: well he did something that was i don't, I don't remember the whole story but it's like you know definitely influenced by it i can't remember if he wrote like the poem in it or something but he was acting out that that sort of idea of like catching the child before he's falls or whatever. Right. Um so you know, there's that and then you've got like some some writing. Some writing actively is used by some of these groups like uh the Turner Diaries <laughs> <Yeah>. or <laughs> <laughs> I just read that a couple months ago. <laughs> <laughs> see what see like now you're creating your child of it. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, and yeah. I don't know like I don't I, I don't uh it, it people it kind of goes back to that whole video game like GTA or people going to like be influenced by video games and go on commit crimes and whether or not you believe that because I mean books are just the same kind of concept but sometimes even a little bit
1: more uh, hypnotic in a
0: sense i guess well yeah. I, I think
1: that instead of asking the question of like are these books influencing or are these are these forms of media influencing people to do this it's a better question to ask how did our society get to a spiritual and material place to where people would allow themselves to be influenced to commit violence yeah. by works of art so,
0: totally how did we well and i mean from a Perspective of observations or uh, observance, just as a, as a writer and you know watching my own thoughts and stuff. This is just the human condition, too. I Absolutely. Mean, humans, we love symbols. <laughs> humans, we love symbols. We love we love violence. We, we love uh, the dark. We like the we like to be scared. We like to be we like to twist ourselves up in our. Uh, sort of philosophies or vices or something like that, and uh, I guess it's it could be considered therapeutic to explore these sorts of things through art form, but some people do take it a little little further than that. But that's that's why I think
1: there's probably something uh worth mentioning with like people like Ernst Junger who talked about uh man's propensity for violence and the fact that we as a society are like losing our ways to healthily redirect that violence because it's going to be there no matter what you just have to find a way to channel it correctly and we've cut people off from that so often and put them in these miserable conditions that it's like well fucking of course he flipped out and shot a bunch of people Lost, you know, yeah. It doesn't justify it, but it's, it's coming from somewhere. Oh, yeah. It's not just this, you know, random thing that popped up in our evolution recently. Yeah.
0: Yep. No, I, I think. Yeah, I think that. Uh, I don't know, like there's definitely. That's just embedded in the human spirit to a lot of degrees. And
1: uh, yeah, it, it just what are you going to do? You know, what are you going gonna to ignore it? Right. I don't know. You know, and I don't. I don't necessarily think that. You know, I'm of the school of thought that violence or power or whatever you want to call it isn't um, morally good or bad. It's just something that is, and it's up to the wielder to decide what aims it's going to be used for. Yeah. That that being said, then how close of a correlation is there between your writing and your protagonist and yourself? Um, you know, uh, uh, quite a bit. I think I reflect a bit of myself in there, especially like the uh, feeling of despondency about a lot of life and this like, um, pseudo addiction to like the, the vapid nature of social media and of the instant gratification of the internet. Like that's something I obviously identify with and struggle with. Um... But, um, it's, yeah, I, I put a little bit of me and, well, I put a little bit of myself into every character and any writer who says they doesn't is a, is a fucking liar.
0: Totally. Yeah, totally. Do you think like, do you think it ever, do you ever, do you feel after you've written like a cathartic sort of relief, do you feel ever more twisted Do you end up feeling sort of any sort of feeling like that?
1: Do you get any kind of therapeutic uh, advantage or disadvantage from
0: what you create?
1: You know, I was talking to my girlfriend about this the other day and I don't, I've seen people say that writing is very cathartic for them. And I think in some sense it is, but at the same time, like, it feels like a fever for me at times. Like, it's not an enjoyable process a lot of the times. So it's, like, something I have to do. I don't necessarily want to do it, but it's, like, it's gonna stay in my head and keep fucking up my day unless I do it. And so, afterwards, afterwards I do feel a bit of a release, but if anything, I'm just left feeling kind of melancholy. Because it's, like, I expressed it, I got it out of my head, but shit didn't really change.
0: Do you enjoy that sensation, like, of, uh, of writing? Like, is it kind of a, uh, like, like uh, an addiction
1: it's it's masochistic for sure yeah um and yeah i I, addiction i don't know if that's the word i'd use because i'm not as uh i don't do it as much as i should or as much as i'd like to so you want to do it but you don't want to do it at the same time right that's what it is it's like most of the time i want to write but i don't feel anything that is worth writing and so i don't And then the times when I have to write, when it absolutely has to come out, I'm like, this fucking sucks. I wish I could do literally anything else besides this. (laughs) But I read back on what I wrote a couple days later and I'm like, damn, this is uh, this is something I'm proud of. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay, so I think I've got to probably start wrapping it up, but I'm going to do you do a lot of reading? Absolutely. You're a big reader. Because I know some
1: people Uh, don't. You know, yeah, I don't writer. get that. Much respect to them, but I don't get that.
0: Yeah. I mean, I have to say that at the moment, I find myself in the camp that doesn't. Right. Uh, my time, I feel like, is very limited. Um, oh, that's understandable. I feel like I have to choose between writing or reading, though I feel like I would do more reading if I was – sort of like your character maybe in your story just like in prison with nothing right. no responsibilities or whatever i just book after book just sit there and do it and that would be my enjoyment so i don't know if that would put me exactly in the camp of a no reader writer just sort of like kind of handicapped or hobbled at this point
1: but you no, are a uh,
0: you're, you're, as, you're as, pretty as much as ver- i can
1: yeah.
0: yeah you're pretty voracious what's one of the books that you uh read recently that you enjoyed
1: um, I just finished, uh, Fields of Asphodel by Tito Perdue. Okay. I was a big fan of that. I like a lot of his writings. I feel like he's kind of a forgotten American, uh, current literary guy. And yeah. his character Lee. I've never even heard of this person. He's, he's great, man. I, I would highly recommend the book Lee. Um, okay. Very much worth your time. But, uh, Fields of Asphodel was kind of a sequel to that. And, um. The main character is this crotchety old uh he calls himself a reactionary romantic and Okay. i i like sort of relate to a lot of his curmudgeon um nihilism i guess that he feels for a lot of people so i i, I saw myself in the character a lot which obviously helps something.
0: what do you think that the uh general impression like from people in the scene or whatever the the multitude of scenes is going to be in regards to what we've talked about or how we've discussed it today
1: Um, I think for any of them that associate with me online they'll probably hopefully think I'm less of an asshole than I come off of on the internet Um, because I'm really not that much of an asshole I'm a pretty friendly guy Um, I just like to antagonize I think it's fun um but i don't mean anything by it um but i don't know i guess i would hope they would see that you and i both are at least dedicated to our art form and really willing to sit down and have a conversation with anybody i don't give a fuck what you believe i have friends that are on all sides of the spectrum and uh, yeah i don't like it none of us have our our fingers on the buttons of power so like if you if yeah. you have some fucked up horrid view, like it doesn't. As long as you're not coming at me violently, I don't really care, and I'm not going to try to shut you up because it just is what it is.
0: Right. Yeah. Um. Just to, you know, I'm still dragging on here, I guess. But do you find there to be sort of a with, with your Twitter or your social media uh persona? Is that like part of your kind of Like your your writing? Is that like a character? Is that like a kind of thing that you associate with all the other written work you've done, or is it
1: something totally different, kind of separate, or somewhere sort of in between? Definitely somewhere in between, because there'll be times where I'm using it to discuss ideas that I think are not only relevant to my writing, but just relevant to my thought in general and what I'm trying to express. But then there's other times where I'm just tweeting about how often my girlfriend's tip are or something like that. So, okay. You know, it, it goes yeah. back and forth. And I, I think the main point of all of it is don't take it too seriously. It's the internet.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Okay. Like, let's say I was to continue doing this sort of series or whatever, if I was to keep on talking to people, is there anybody that you think would be good to talk to or that you'd want to hear? Oh,
1: absolutely. Um, Number one, and I was going to give him a shout out anyway, is Manny from Expat. Um, That dude is a godsend to literature, and I am so thankful he exists. I really hope, um, like with a lot of you, that I can meet him in person someday and have a beer with him um i'd love to hear yeah. his thoughts on things even when i disagree with him i know the dude is coming from the right place and i appreciate his existence um aside from him um anthony dragonetti another great fucking writer awesome fucking dude would love to hear him on here um uh-huh. really any of the people that are in our little scene whatever you want to call it um i think
0: any of the black bald community right, yeah
1: exactly I think all of them are part of that because they have something interesting to say, and I would absolutely be willing to listen to any of them. All right. Well, you know, that's, that's, that's sweet. Like, uh, I think this was actually a lot of fun. Absolutely, man.
0: I didn't know how it was going to go. Like I said, I've never really done this or uh, just kind of letting it go freely. And I think it uh, went a little more coherently uh, than I was expecting. Yeah, you're, you're so, very good at this. You should keep doing I'm impressed. it. impressed okay all right let's see if i can figure out how to end this thing and get on to the sweeping area of the parking lot that doesn't have a
1: wi-fi well it's been it's been an honor talking to you brother thank you so much all right yeah you too see you later take care
0: bye